0: You're listening to the Inside the Shoe Podcast, presented by Land of Ten. I am the one who knocks. And now here's your host, Kyle Lang. Good Thursday, everybody. Welcome back to the Inside the Shoe Podcast, presented by Land of Uh How sweet it is to say those words, even if it is uh, only going to be for about six more weeks. I will get into that in a second, but obviously kind of a somber podcast today for obvious reasons, which again, I will get into uh, today. I'm going to talk about Keita bates Up Had a little bit of a back scare on uh, Tuesday, or I'm sorry, on Wednesday. He had to leave interviews uh, when he was working out with Utah Jazz because of some back spasms. They say he's okay. I want to talk about him though uh, today because I think he is going to be the next Ohio State NBA star. I think he's got a bright NBA future ahead of him. Uh, So I'm going to talk about that. Pick 6 previews came out with the results of a poll. Who are the Blue Bloods in college football? I'll tell you what they had to say after a vote of over 65,000 votes. And at the end of the show, I also want to talk about the Cavs briefly. Should we uh, write the obituary for LeBron James and his Cleveland career? Uh, A second time, I guess, because we we had to write that obituary once before, before he left and took his talents to South Beach. But uh, after a Game 6, or I'm sorry, a Game 5 loss in Boston, where the Cavs just shot so poorly, they're going back to Cleveland to try to take the series to seven games. I will tell you what I think about that. So first, before I get into any of this stuff, kind of the... Uh, hodgepodge, the smorgasbord on this uh, interesting Thursday. Uh, We got to talk about the podcast because as some of you probably have heard, and maybe others have not, uh, it was announced on Wednesday that Cox Media Group, the company that owns a bunch of college football, uh, college sports verticals like DieHards.com, SECCountry.com, and LandUp10.com. Of, of course, LandUp10, the site here that covers the Big Ten, SEC Country, as you can probably figure out and deduce if you haven't already, uh, covers the SEC, and DieHards is a, a more generic college and pro sports site. Well, it was announced that uh, these sites will be closing down as of June 30th. So what that means for this podcast is... I'm going to continue on with the podcast. It'll be business as usual. Uh, maybe not five days a week necessarily every single week up until then, but you know, time permitting, I will stay with you until the end. Uh, until the Titanic completely goes down to the bottom of the ocean, I'll stay with you. Uh, it is a sad day, obviously, when you have to say goodbye. Fortunately, we don't have to say goodbye yet, but. Uh, I just want to say I'm extremely grateful for everybody that's listened. I've enjoyed doing this podcast. It's been an awesome time talking about Ohio State football and basketball and Ohio State athletics with you. Some Cavs, some Blue Jackets here and there sprinkled in. It's just been a great time. I'm totally uh, and utterly grateful to the network and my supervisor, Brandon Walker, who does the More Cowbell podcast on SEC Country for Mississippi State. I'm grateful for him and the network giving me this opportunity. It's been great. I had big shoes to fill. Ben Axelrod did a great job with this podcast, and I tried to do some of the things he did to make it successful, and I made it some some of my own, and we've had change over the over the last you know year since I've been taking this over, but it's been a lot of fun. Austin Ward, Ryan Ginn, uh, Jeremy Birmingham, and Ryan Donnelly. It's been great having all these guys on, some of the national and regional guests we've had all I am trying to say here is it's been fun and I'm sad that it's over but as they say smile that it happened don't cry that it's over me personally uh, you know after this next month I I fully hope and expect to land on my feet somewhere hopefully I will get a chance to podcast on Ohio State here this upcoming fall and I I'm hoping that I won't, you know, have to have any kind of a layoff or, you know, time off. Maybe I can hit the ground running and get a chance to get into something next fall. But thank you to Lane of 10 for giving this opportunity. And, uh, you know, we've done a great job trying to grow this podcast. And I hope many of you will follow me on the other side when the time comes. But in the meantime, we do still have the Inside the Shoe podcast to go on for another uh, six weeks or so. So let's make the most of it. I mentioned Keita Bates-Diop, um, and so, look, this guy, you saw him last year. hes He was one of the best players in the country. Now, he certainly has his issues, his faults. There are some things that k Bates-Diop needs to work on, uh, his explosion, his consistency. Um, he needs to get a little more physical, but what I like about Keita Bates-Diop, as we continue to monitor what will happen with these back spasms. I hope that it, they do not scare off NBA teams, and I don't think they will, because he was kind of a fringe, you know, first-round prospect, and any little thing can trigger these NBA teams and these scouts to just scare off easily. They're they're like deer. They're really Yiddish. they you know skittish, I guess is the word I'm looking for. You never know what's going to scare them off, but for a guy with his talent, he should go you know, somewhere in the 20 to 30 range, I think, of the first round. I hope that th- these spasms, if that is in fact what happened to him yesterday, will not affect his draft status because I honestly think he's a first-round talent. And one thing that he has that is just prototypical of today's NBA game is he's very versatile. He, he can play one through five, I think. In a pinch, he can switch, and that's, you see, especially with the two uh, conference final series going on right now, Boston and Cleveland and Golden State and Houston, one thing that is extremely common around the NBA, but especially in these two series, is you have to have five players on the floor at all times that can switch defensively. They've got to be versatile offensively. They've got to be able to shoot. They've got to be able to score inside. You've got to have a mid-range game. But you really need to be able to switch one through five on screens. And that's something I think k Bates-Diop is going to be very valuable in the NBA. I think teams like the San Antonio Spurs, the Indiana Pacers, there are a lot of teams that really love his game for that reason. Because he is a guy that really projects well at the next level. Being able to play defensively, uh, if, if he gets caught on a 1-5 ball screen, he's a guy I think that is going to be able to handle that. And of course his offense... He's got range. He's he's become a great shooter, or at least this year he was a great shooter. You know, in the past he kind of struggled early on in his career at Ohio State. He, he had a herky-jerky motion. He really worked on his shot form and was much much better and more consistent this year. Uh, he made shots at a high level when he can get to the rim, and I think he's going to be a great NBA player. I look for him to have a you know a ten-year NBA career. I think he's a guy that can average fifteen maybe even 18, 20 points a game, Uh, that I think is his ceiling, but I do think he can be an 18 to 20 point scorer in the future, along with a very good defensive uh, prowess with him. So I'm excited for Katie Bates-Diop. I think he's going to be Ohio State's next NBA star, and I just, again, hope these back spasms are not a sign of anything to come, because... It would really be disappointing to see him drop into the second round after how hard he's worked and for him to get himself in the position to be a first-round pick, it really would suck for something. So I don't want to say trivial because back issues can be a big deal. They can be recurring. They can really affect a guy's career. They can affect a guy's life. I mean, some of you listening probably know uh, back troubles can be really debilitating. They can take you out of your lifestyle and really affect every aspect of your life and so I don't want to trivialize back problems but back spasms can happen to anyone at any time and they don't necessarily signal longer term bigger problems so I hope that is not the case and I hope Kade Bateup goes on to impress scouts and gets picked in the first round of the NBA draft because I think a great future career is in store for him if he does uh, so, I mentioned the Pick 6 uh, previews. I want to get into this for a second. I thought this was interesting. Pick 6 previews, of course, a great college football site. You can catch them on Twitter at, of course, Pick 6 Previews. They had an interesting poll they ran a while back, and they said with over 65,000 votes, uh, they wanted everybody to rank the schools they would classify as blue bloods in college football. So, the results are about what you would expect. There are a few schools that were a little higher than I expected and a few that are very are a little lower than expected. Now, let me qualify this to say uh, the results, uh, for the most part, I think are fair. Now, there's, some, there's an arbitrary aspect to this in that what constitutes a blue blood? And for every person... Are you looking all-time? You know, Do you have to be an all-time great program to be a blue blood? Are you looking at recent memory? Are you looking at modern era? And what defines modern era? So there's no one correct way of looking at this as to what constitutes a blue blood. So that does kind of skew the results because we don't know the way everybody is voting. But I will tell you this. There are a couple programs right now that no matter how you classify it, no matter how you define it, there's no excuse for not voting at that program. And of course, you're going to have an idiot in every poll just voting stupid, just out of spite of some kind of vendetta, out of some hatred or bitterness towards that program. And of course, this poll was not void of that. But here are the results. So 91% of these 65,000 votes had Alabama as a blue blood. I think we all agree with that, whether you look all time... No matter how much Alabama exaggerates some of their past national titles, they are absolutely a blue blood, especially right now in this current era of college football, but historically they should be called a blue blood. Number two on the list at 90% of the vote, Ohio State, again, same as Alabama, they're a blue blood. Whether you go back 10 years, 50 years, 100 years, they are one of college football's best elite programs out there, no questions asked. Now, with both of these programs, the 10% that did not vote either one of those two, either they're clueless about college football or they're just trolling. And in my opinion, it's probably trolling. You can expect about 10% of people voting on these online polls are trolling because that is what some people do. I don't get it. I would like to vote what I think intellectually is correct. And so as much as I hate Alabama, if I were participating in this poll, I'm going to vote Alabama as a blue blood because they actually absolutely are. Uh, Number three on the list at 89% right behind Ohio State and Alabama is Oklahoma. This kind of surprised me a little bit. Uh, Not that I disagree with it. I actually do think Oklahoma should be considered a blue blood. I'm just surprised that they got that high a percentage of a vote. And maybe there's some recency bias here because of Baker Mayfield leading them to college football playoff the last couple of years, but they went through a period of time where they were under you know Bob Stoops where they were just good every year and they they never could get to that next level. And I kind of would have expected that some people would vote and it would reflect their lack of consistent upper tier success over those years. But I, I think it is the correct call by voters to put them there. Uh, number four on the list, 83% USC. Number five, uh, 81% Notre Dame. 72% for Texas. And then 67% for Nebraska. 64% for Michigan. 55% for Penn State. Florida State 50. Miami 50. Tennessee 42. LSU 37, and then UGA, Florida, Clemson, and Washington all got more than 10% on this list. So uh, what are you thinking? I'm curious, those of you that saw this poll uh, or are just hearing this for the first time, tweet at me at KYLAM, the number eight. I'm curious what you think. Uh, Any discrepancies here? Uh, Who would you define blue bloods? To me, a blue blood is a program that has consistently been at the top uh for me that is alabama that is ohio state that is oklahoma that is usc notre dame for me is a is a tough one because notre dame was definitely a blue blood uh for 75 75 years for sure and maybe even 80 years 90 years but really the last 15 to 20 years it's hard to call notre dame a blue blood any longer i don't um I don't question anybody that has them voted in this list because, again, if you look at the big picture all-time, I certainly can respect calling Notre Dame a blue blood because they were one of, if not the elite program, the elite name in college football for the longest time. I'm just not sure I would put them in that category based on the last 20 years. They've been to a title game but they have not been very consistent. Many times they've had only six, seven, eight wins, and to me that doesn't cut it for a blue blood. But again, I would put USC on that list. I would put Texas on that list. Michigan, of course, all time, definitely on that list. But again, kind of suffering from the same issue as Notre Dame. They haven't really been relevant. They haven't consistently been a top five program in many, many years. So I'm not sure I would put Michigan in that same category as the rest of those names. So uh just an interesting subject. Curious what you think. It is the off season kind of fun to talk about something like this to pass the time away when we're a little void on news. What do you think? Who are the programs you would call a blue blood if you voted in this poll? Maybe you did vote in this poll. Who did you vote if you did? I'm curious to hear your opinion. So, uh real quick here before we wrap up, uh not all is bad news today. I thought thought this was interesting. Completely non-sports-related n- note. You may have seen Chipotle is moving its national headquarters from Denver. They're moving the primary operations center to Huntington Beach, California. But I thought it was worth noting they're moving, moving the second portion of their operations to Columbus, Ohio. This is fitting news for me because I consider Chipotle as my second home, so It is great to see Chipotle's uh, second headquarters coming to Columbus. Uh, Hey, we got Chipotle now, so maybe we can get Amazon, right? Let's get Amazon's HQ2. That would be great for Columbus. Um, That would really put Columbus on the map. That is a possibility of happening. Columbus, of course, a uh, top 20 finalists for the Amazon HQ2. I know it seems like a very, very big long shot, but I have actually read some interesting journals and notes and articles saying that Columbus is, is maybe got a little bit better of a shot at getting Amazon's headquarters than you probably imagine. But that's another story for another day and a different podcast for sure. Uh, real quick on the Cavs. Look, Game 6 is coming up tomorrow night in Cleveland. I think the Cavs are going to win and force a Game 7. I don't see LeBron going down in the Eastern Conference Finals at home. Uh, okay, so with the Cavs, look, I've made my peace. I'm expecting LeBron to leave. I've, I've made my peace that the Cavs probably are going to lose the series. I don't think it's going to be in Game 6, but you know, Game 7, it's still going to be a big hill to climb. I've made my peace with all that. If LeBron leaves, no ill will. He brought Cleveland a title. That said, there's a nagging feeling, and I, I've, I, you know, I, I, thought that Cleveland would bounce back and play a lot better against Toronto. I said their offense would look better than it did against the Pacers. It did. It swept the Raptors in four games. Uh, I said after they lost the first two games to the Celtics, I think Cleveland's going to send it back to Boston at two-two. They certainly did that. They won both games in Cleveland. I'm not going to guarantee the Cavs come back and win game seven on top of game six, but I will say this. I've got this nagging feeling that LeBron is not done with the heroics, okay? How many times has he ripped the hearts out of Celtics fans? Just have that feeling this is going to go back to Boston for game seven. LeBron is going to put one of those legendary performances. He certainly, he looked tired to me in Game 5, which is not something we say very often about him. The Cavs, I didn't think played poorly in terms of effort and defense, uh, but they were sloppy with the ball, made some bad turnovers, and they shot really, really poorly, and that was the difference. The Celtics shot poorly too, but they made a lot of three-pointers. That was the difference between Cleveland and Boston in Game 5. I think Cleveland will win by double digits in Cleveland. I think they'll send it back to Boston. And again, don't count out LeBron. I, I'm like you guys. I've, I was, I'm, I've made my peace with the series being over, but don't count out the GOAT just yet. I think the Cavs and LeBron specifically have one more trick up their sleeve. Uh, we'll see what if that happens. But Cleveland-Boston... Going back to Game 7, in my opinion, we'll see if that happens. And from there, just don't count out LeBron James. It is not over yet. Anyhow, uh, that will do it for the podcast. The podcast today is over. We will be back at you tomorrow. Scheduled is Ryan Donnelly to catch up on some recruiting. Hopefully, we can have some happy, chipper thoughts going into the weekend with everything going on here at Land of Ten. But in the meantime, please catch us Monday through Friday starting at 10 a.m. on landof10.com, on the archives, Google Play, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Again, we'll try to be with you until June 30th, and then we'll have to shut out the lights. Uh, catch me on Twitter at KYLam, the number eight. Uh, thank you for making us a part of your Thursday. Thank you thank you for making us a part of your every day, your work day. Appreciate all of the support you've given myself and the site. Truly, I mean that. Uh, thank you very much. We'll be back at you tomorrow. Go Bucks.